When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks Podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 57. 57, I think you saw that jersey number during Juventus' friendly against Desena on Saturday. So it's fitting that we will start <laughs> We will start this episode there. So before that, let me bring in a couple of our crew members here. We are Sergio Liss's Sergio Liss this weekend because of unforeseen circumstances having to do with his car. So we wish wish our buddy the best. But first and foremost, here's Sam Lepresio of Sam. Uh, it's it's un- unfortunate because I was hoping to get Sergio's comments on Mexico losing at the Olympics today. They lost 2-1 to one to Japan, and that was a little, uh, a little bit of a surprise, I, th- I would say. We'll, we'll see if he's as interested in the Olympics as he is in the Gold Cup. As he is in the Gold Cup, yeah. <laughs> when he comes back next. <laughs> We've also got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's ironic that. Well, I say this with all the kindness in my heart, of course, but I think it's ironic that uh, Sergio's car uh, messed up after he questioned the all-seeing Ronaldo on his supercars last are you, week. Are you trying to say that Sergio does not have any supercars, or his car is very far from being super? Uh, as politicians would say, I can neither uh, confirm nor deny <laughs> these allegations. <laughs> well, on that on that note of Chuck's uh, taking the easy way out of uh, answering the questions, we'll we'll start with the friendly and get get into a few other things after that. We 
obviously got our first glimpse of Max Allegri Ball 2.0, and it's hard to really take a lot out of it outside of a few things, considering that, like I alluded to, a whole lot of jersey numbers were in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, which means youth players. And as we're joking, and maybe it's not so much a joke in hindsight, before we hit record here is that you know you could see basically one or two guys from that starting lineup on Saturday actually being in the starting lineup come August 22nd in Udine and I think that's where we'll start with this is obviously you know a lot will be talked about in terms of how Allegri set things up but the most notable moment of the friendly for me as I watched it was the interaction between Max Allegri and Weston McKinney after McKinney's goal put Juventus up to nothing in the first half was Allegri flashing all 10 fingers and basically telling Weston, hey, that's how many goals I want you to score this year. So for somebody who watched it, I think that's probably the only real thing we can take out of it. And Sam, what are your thoughts on the friendly knowing that so many players who will be starting August 22nd weren't around yesterday? That, that's pretty much the way that, that the only way to look at it is that, you know, with the exception of, of McKenney's performance, which was very good. He assisted on the first goal and he, and, and obviously scoring the second on a, on a nice little dribble and move in there. I wasn't expecting that from him. It's, you know, it's the first friendly of the year. Everyone's on vacation because there was a whole crap ton of, of internationals going on. But I, I do think that it, it of the one that one thing that we, you can take from it, I think actually is pretty valuable, which is what Allegri wants McKenney to do. And I, you know, I, I, I've kind of alluded to this before, but I really think that in that Allegri looks at McKenney and sees that kind of player that Sammy Kadira was before his body broke down who can really run into the box and uh, out of the, out of that Metzala spot and make a lot of, make a lot of chaos and be that supporting player that comes up into the, into the box for the forwards. And like you said, he, you know, 10 goals. Do you want, he, he wants to, he wants him to be, he wants him to be productive in the attacking end this year. And from the 45 minutes that we saw, and hopefully there's nothing uh, major, involved with him because he did come out of there with a big old strap on his leg, a big, huge bandage around one knee. That I think is what we can really, I, I think if we, we really need, do need to focus in on him because I think he could end up being a pretty key aspect of, of Allegri's uh, new midfield going forward. Yeah. Like you said, Sam and, and Danny, I mean, obviously there's only so much we can say, uh, about a friendly in which, uh, you know, the average shirt number was uh, <laughs> above the 50s, <laughs> probably, uh, which is great. You see all kinds of, you know, funky combinations of shirt numbers, uh, 57, 91, you know, all these uh, obscure numbers. But yeah, now there's obviously not there too much we can... One? I think I, I want to say I did see one. That's I swear it's on, on 90-something. <laughs> I thought I might be mistaken, but I know I saw like, you know, entertainingly high numbers yes of, I, uh, I think the highest one was 60 60 or 61 oh is there oh maybe there's a, oh maybe i guess i 
didn't see the six and yeah new shirts you know i'm still getting used to fonts <laughs> and all that and, uh, you know i can barely understand the fonts on social media you know they have all these wacky effects and blame on social media blame on the banks too but yeah so of course with mckinney's role i think yeah indeed maybe it's gonna be kind of like a like an arturo vidal kind of role of you know obviously being a disruptive player like you know, tackling and really getting in there physically and, and disrupting an opponent's play, being that one midfielder that's really tasked with disrupting opponent's play. But then also, you know, contributing offensively, which was like Vidal did. I'm not saying that they'll be exactly equivalent players, but just that, that, that kind of set of characteristics that A, McKenney does have, I, I do believe, and that B, you know, Allegri could cultivate further in uh, McKenney and and yeah I mean he has the he has the ability to contribute some goals we saw that one of the most surprising things last season was that he was offensively better than we thought definitely better than I thought I thought he would just be um, I remember saying specifically I thought that he would basically be a better version of Blaise Matui but essentially the same like you know characteristics and stuff and I was clearly wrong and you know that's that's fine because I think as a kind of as a pseudo Vidal, I think that would be very useful because obviously we've talked ad nauseum about the issues in the midfield, but yeah, one of the problems is creativity slash offensive kind of contribution from midfield. And uh, yeah, who knows, McKinney could, could contribute that and, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I think he could be great in that role. I think he has the characteristics for it. He's high energy, he's young, and I mean, he's technically very capable and has had a season under his belt now with Juventus. So he, you know, is familiar with the system. And and most importantly, he's one of the few, if only, well, okay, Dybala as well, but essentially, yeah, one of the two main players for Juventus that's had a preseason or that will have a preseason, has a preseason um, right now, which is, um, yeah, a luxury that not many, uh, not many players can, uh, yeah, boast of as well. What gives you that idea, Chucks? <laughs> oh, it's been a been a grueling, uh, grueling uh, year, two years or so. So uh, oh, yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely a, definitely a privilege. I also do think. I mean, and again, you can talk about the competition and just the general air of the first friendly of the year. But between this game and the Concacaf Nations League final between the U.S. and Mexico that McKenney played in at the beginning of the summer he looks healthy again. Like he doesn't, he looks like he's got that spring in his running that and the, and the energy that he had before he had that hip injury that really just derailed his season. So I think that's the other thing to really take away from that is that he, he just, he looks physically sound again. And we're seeing, you know, based on, on what we've seen from, from him over, uh, you know, since the season ended that, we might see we might start seeing that player again. Yeah, I mean, I said it in the post I wrote in you know that went live a few hours before the friendly started. Is that one of the main things? I just wanted to see how he's moving. You know, that was the biggest thing. You know, we saw how explosive he was going forward out of the midfield the first half of last season, and then obviously, like Sam just said, the hip injury just zapped all all of the really good form that he had come the turn of the calendar so you know, I, I wanted to see how he was moving and like we have alluded to he's one of the few people who have had 
both a preseason and a normal-ish kind of summer to rest up. I mean, you look at Dybala, he wasn't, you know, albeit, you know, he's dealing with a minor injury right now, but he wasn't at Copa America. He was able to rest up, you know, get healthy again, you know, knock on wood that remains, you know, stays that way after this, this little muscle. It is Allegri and muscle injuries. We're just going to, that's just going to be a, a a fact of life for however long this second stint lasts. And, and McKinney as well. He's, he played in the, the nation, the CONCACAF Nations League final, you know, back in June, early June. And then he was able to rest up and, and have a solid, what, five, six weeks off between reporting to, to training. So he's had a normal kind of summer that seems like so few players who are, you know, regular international players for their national teams have these days. So uh, I think that was, that was big for me just to see that he's moving well again. And obviously, you know, like like Sam said, he had a goal and an assist. But the the way he was moving, the the runs he was making forward, the just the usual McKinneyness, I guess, if you want to invent a word, that seemed to be there, and that was I, like I said earlier, McKinneysmo, <laughs> McKinneysmo, <laughs> That that was that was good to see from him. So outside of that, I mean, obviously. You know, we, we... Oh, could I hold on? I just had I just had one other thought. Yeah, sorry. Which which was that again? Circumstances being what they are, this isn't a huge thing. But watching the center back pairing that we had at the beginning of the game, and and I'm also I'm working on a an article that'll probably go up this week regarding this uh, in a little bit. Does it involve but... Daniele Rugani getting the captain's armband? It, it does not involve Daniele Rugani necessarily getting the captain's <laughs> armband, but just given the fact that we, given the fact that the money is so, it is so, la- it is so lacking this summer. And also given the fact that there is a lot of smoke in the reports that say that Mary Demeral might be leaving the team this year because either to, use Sergio's phrase to sacrifice him to the altar of capital gains or simply because he wants to go and get more regular starting time. It's entirely possible that Juventus is going to be forced to have Rugani and Dragusin as the depth behind the top three center backs of Chiellini, presuming he resigns, which I think we're all presuming and Bonucci and Delict. So watching them, in in this game and also in in the in further friendlies because i assume they'll play a little bit probably a lot of bit because bonucci and chiellini goodness knows when they'll actually be considered game fit for for friendlies uh when they get back from their from their break which is well deserved it'll have to be it'll be something to keep an eye on because you know injuries happen suspensions happen the need to cycle guys out happen the need to rest guys happens and it's possible that they're gonna be the bottom of the depth chart so it, they're they're worth keeping an eye on over the re, over the rest of the summer. Yeah, and it's it's interesting on that too because it reminds me of a comment I made. Uh, man, I want to say like a month or two ago now about Chiellini, and I remember saying and perhaps writing as well, but uh, saying that I thought that we should not keep Chiellini given just his fitness issues and all you know all his uh, injuries and stuff. Uh, I was saying that we should not keep Chiellini unless we have like extra center back basically to cover for him. So like usually, you know, for if you're playing like two center back formation, 
then you'd have usually four center backs in your roster, uh, maybe like a fifth youth player or something. But generally, you, you know, you would have like just a backup for both starting center backs. So yeah, in a, in a normal case, you would have four center backs. But, you know, I was kind of saying that if we're going to keep Chiellini, we basically have to have an extra center back on staff because, I mean, I just don't presume he's going to stay fit for any more than, I mean, I hate to say 40% of the season, maybe, you know, uh, if even that. So yeah, then we have Chiellini, Bonucci, and yeah, I mean, De Ligt, obviously, and Hugani, Demiral, I mean, I don't know, Dagusin, I mean, how many of them are going to stay, who's going to leave, who's going to come in. So, but yeah, point being, I mean, I would, yeah, I would want to have essentially five starting center backs on staff because I just, I'm kind of counting Chiellini as half, <laughs> given that he's, yeah, given all his fitness in, uh, issues and stuff. But yeah, I mean, let's see. I mean, who, who knows? There's still a summer transfer window of, uh, what, about a month or so left. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Well, that's the difficult part in all of this is that one of your center backs is Chiellini. And as we saw last year, you can say maybe count on him for a couple of weeks, but there's always going to be that risk of him missing just as much time if he plays, you know, two or three games within a 10 day period or whatever. So last year it made, made it a little more easier to absorb because you had Danilo playing in that kind of hybrid center back fullback kind of role. But unless Max decides to get crazy and, play a hybrid kind of formation no (laughs) i mean he he can get crazy but i don't know if he's going to go pirlo four four two three five whatever fair fair fair, bouncing back and forth i i will say that uh, of the of the last three coaches that juventus has had allegri was probably the best at keeping chiellini healthy and rested he would very he even and this is we're talking three years ago Chiellini he didn't let him play back-to-back games in in this you know when there's midweek a lot or maybe he would you know there was a big game on the weekend and then a Champions League game but then the third game was 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 somebody was Benatia or Rugani or somebody of all the the guys that I that I think might be you know, on a, on a program like that, I actually would trust Allegri to do that because he did it very, very well for the majority of that last season. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Definitely. And, and speaking of a guy who's obviously up there in age and. 
I think it's safe to say uh, demands to play a few more minutes than Giorgio Chiellini does. <laughs> Earlier in the day that we're recording here, Cristiano Ronaldo officially landed in Turin. So Pavel Nedved's remarks that he, Ronaldo, at least for now, is going to you know stay with Juventus have proven true. So the, the day that this podcast comes out, probably around the same time, Ronaldo will be stepping onto the the training field at Continasa for the first time this summer. And, you know, it, I don't know if you want to call it anticlimactic because we were, I think, as we discussed last week, it was, we, we were expecting a whole lot more when it came to the rumors and, and everything like that. And it really wasn't very many rumors at all outside of maybe the usual chatter because it's Ronaldo, but it, it seems like that problem or whatever you want to call it has, has been resolved, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I'm just, I'm a, I'm of the mind that, you know, unless anything truly dramatic in terms of news comes out, I'm just, I'm assuming he's going to be here. He's going to stay. He's going to, yeah, be on the pitch on August 22nd, I believe it is, against uh, Udinese and, yeah, just be ready to go. And just just to clarify, I mean, I think that just means that the status quo, in terms of the status quo, I think it's leaning towards him staying, which, I mean, you know, that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, which is uh, a shame that Sergio is not on because he had that article on uh, you know the Cristiano Ronaldo era needing to end. Although doesn't not necessarily meaning that it was a failure, but it needing to end. So I'm sure he would have had something to say. But um, yeah, I'm, he's ducking. He's ducking us, just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is there really a broken car? He has. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, yeah. There, that that would have been a, that would have been a fun debate because he. I mean. My opinion on this is no is is fair, it, on that is fairly well known, and you know he he and he he had a great piece. I loved his piece this week. Uh, it was very very well done. But yeah, I mean Ronaldo, like like we all said last week, just because of the the weirdness of the football economy right now, and because of his age, that yeah, that, that there was never there was always a very limited amount of options for him to leave the team this year. And, you know, there's, and I, like I said last week, I think the one that might still potentially happen would be if he turns into a domino and a Kylian Mbappe deal, if, if Real Madrid decides to back up a couple of dozen Brinks trucks at, at the Parc de France and, and get Kylian Mbappe to, to, to Madrid. But other than that, I mean, yeah, the, 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 he's he'll be he'll probably be on the team this year. Question in that regard is what does that mean about next year? Does do you just let him walk on the Bosman? I know that Andrea Agnelli has been hoping to tack a year onto his contract to either be able to get something out of him next year or because he actually wants him on the team for another year, which wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past Agnelli because he's really really committed to this. If I mean, if that were to happen, I can't imagine it being for the same salary. That's another thing that we touched on last week. You know, if he does resign, is he gonna? Does he? Does he drop the wage a little bit? Does what? What happens? But yeah, I mean, it's it's anticlimactic for sure. I I personally feel that I I, I wish it had been a little different because I would have liked to have used the savings that he had to he represented to to make a few more upgrades on the team but 
reality is reality. And the reality is he's probably a Juventus player at the end of the day. And the reality is also how much does this change potentially what Allegri was thinking his squad would look like come come August? You know, I mean, obviously he's smart enough to realize, look, if Ronaldo stays, we'll try this. If Ronaldo leaves, we'll do this. You know, it's Max Allegri. He's he's already coached Ronaldo once, so he has an idea of what what needs to happen. But at the same time, you know, we keep hearing that Dybala is going to be the centerpiece of this project, not Ronaldo. So how is that going to suddenly change the tactics? Because as we hear, you know, Ronaldo and Dybala might work when it comes to offense, but, you know, so much of Juventus' struggles hasn't necessarily always been offense. And, you know, Ronaldo has obviously scored plenty of goals, you know, over a hundred in three seasons. So that hasn't been a problem for him. It's kind of the trickle down effect. What happens because both of those guys are now going to be in the starting lineup more often than not. And this is why I don't have my coaching badges. Uh, (laughs) This is why we're thousands and thousands of miles away trying to figure out what Max Allegri is, is thinking right now. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, that is, you know, you know, do putting the two of them, on the field at the same time, definitely would sacrifice, you know, definitely would sacrifice defense at some level. Frankly, I wonder if you're set, if you're sacrificing Dybala's effectiveness too, because you know, the, the solution for Allegri the first time around was to slap Dybala over on the right-hand side with, with Mandzukic in the middle and Dybala did not have a good year. (laughs) One of the reasons why Paratici was trying to hawk him, but the, the, the summer, that summer, and you know the 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 best I've seen out of Dybala was when Sadi was using him as a false nine during the restart with with Ronaldo on the left. Or do you put crazy idea? I don't know. Put Dybala in the hole with Ronaldo and Morata up front, working off of each other together, in a in a four two three in a, a four three one two. I, I don't know. That's just me spitballing. But it's you know it's clear that you're going to have to get them both on the field at the same time. But also, you know, we've seen how we've seen how Allegri reacts to sudden deficiencies in defense. You know, when he went into the 17-18 season with the 4-2-3-1 uh, still installed and Juve started leaking goals the first couple of months, he switched to a 4-3-3 like that. So it's going to be, you know, it will be interesting to see if, you know, if you do put try to get an optimal setup for the two of them out there and the team does start to to bleed goals even if they're winning what what you know will will allegri have the reactions he's had before or will he just stick with it i mean the the hope i i take from all this sort of optimism i think that's the better word uh the optimism i take from this is that i mean allegri has at least already kind of dealt with this issue in his first stint, I mean, to obviously at the end of his first stint as Juve coach, which just the entire conundrum of, you know, Dybala and Ronaldo and just fitting him in and still maintaining some kind of defensive balance. And, you know, at least he's already dealt with this. So I have faith that he's able to deal with this again and able to, to solve the issue or just reach kind of a, a tactical setup that best balances um, offense and and uh, defense given just and how he spoke about it. i remember when he was uh 
just on a sabbatical, he did have some interviews just talking about like how much you have to tactically sacrifice when you have Ronaldo on, on the team and just, you know, the, the, yeah, the lopsidedness of the team uh, once you have Ronaldo uh, as part of it. So, you know, uh, at least he is, he sh- and that he's team, definitely been and thinking about it. Yeah. And that team that he had, that, that, that Allegri had that first year that Ronaldo was on the team, he had Mandzukic to, to drop back in and do a lot of the defensive dirty work that, that Ronaldo, that you're not going to see out of Ronaldo. And that brings a lot, you know, and you get, you know, Morata will can do that to a degree, but certainly not to the degree that Manzu was able to do because that was just a, that, that was a, a, a calling card for him. Definitely. And I think obviously we've got a, a friendly this coming weekend to see if one Ronaldo plays and two, what Allegri has in store as the internationals slowly start to trickle back in. It's, it's quite interesting just how it all played out where Juventus doesn't have them coming in one giant wave. It's almost like two or three players <laughs> at a time. And then, and then the Italians last, last to arrive with, with the Copa America <clears throat> champions in Brazil with Danilo and Alexandros, or I should say finalists, not champions, my bad. So on that note, we've got a few Twitter questions here to wrap things up. If you guys are so inclined. I'll do that. Hit me, hit me with that funky beat. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a song. I don't know. It is. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm fortunate that my fiance is obsessed with music, so I learn these things. <laughs> you totally... Caught me in my track search. I was not. I was not <laughs> expecting that. I hit you with the fucking beat. <laughs> I mean, one two step, man. All right. Well, since we we already talked about him a little bit, I guess we'll start here. We've got a couple of questions regarding the potential sale of one Medi Demiral from at Arthur Schmidt the fourth. Given the age and recent injury history of both Chiellini and Benucci, do you feel it is wise to sell off Demiral? Who provides cover if a sale goes forward? And from at Philol Juve fan, do you think we will regret regret it if we sell Mary Demerol? I really think if he gets consistent minutes at a club like Atalanta, he, he is going to skyrocket in value. And also, uh, he adds that he has so much belief in Allegri being able to turn defenders into stars. So it's little sad to see Demerol potentially go. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you always have the question of, do you want a player around that doesn't necessarily want to be there? And a lot of the newer reports say that Demerol is, is interested in starting regularly. And when you do have Chiellini, Bonucci and Matthijs De Ligt solidly in front of him on the depth chart, and I think deservedly so, it's... It, it it's it's tough and it you know it's going to be really tough for him to break in and get and get those consistent minutes that 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 the questioner was talking about to really to to put the polish on him because that's what he i've, I've you know he's a di- he's a rough diamond right now he's a raw diamond and ne- badly needs polishing you can see i mean the talent is obviously there but he just he needs more seasoning and they're not, he's not going to get it at Juve unless there are some really major injury issues. So at, at the end of the day, it, 
it comes down to if he truly wants to leave, you've got to at least look into it because having a disgruntled player around is never a good idea. As for, you know, who provides cover, we mentioned that before. Probably some combination of Radu Dragusin and, and Daniele Rugani. It would be really interesting to see if, if Dragusin became a, a, a full-time first-team player because I think he's got a lot of potential as well. And gee, dear God, the kid, he's what, 19, 20 years old and he looks like he's a freaking mountain. Like, like I ran into him full speed, I'd disappear. Now, what do they um, feed kids these days, anyway? <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know, but whatever it is, whatever they gave Dragozin, give it to all the rest of the prospective center backs. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's pretty much that that that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, would it be a shame to sell Demiol? Yeah, sure, but I mean, I don't know, I. I've been pretty vocal about the fact that I just I just don't really rate him very highly. I mean, he seems like just a nice enough guy, but I just don't rate him very highly for Juventus. Uh, my main issue with him is just that he dives in way too much. It drives me nuts. It's just, you know, it's just, it's such a contrast to someone like, well, I guess maybe Bonucci, but I mean, I don't know, Chiellini and like Batsali, like just standing your ground and just, denying the striker and that's what and that's what i'm and that's where i and that's where i talk about the polish i mean like he's Mm, he is very good he just has you know that he just has things he has to learn and that's that's the biggest one of them but that is one of sorry to interrupt no no, no yeah and i guess it just depends on on juve of like do we have the patience to you know spend i don't know however many years on polishing that or do we just want to get the finished product product and just you know we don't have time and we just want to get that in there as quickly as possible. Uh, obviously, we don't have much money, so we would have to get a pretty decent transfer fee from Demiral, which, I mean, I don't know, there's always some, there's always some English club that'll throw, like, I don't know, some stupid amount of money. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's always one of those suckers around there. Uh, how much did Ben White go to Arsenal for, for some asinine fee from Brighton and Hove? I was reading that the other day, but anyway, that's another conversation for another day, but... Yeah, so, I mean, I think we could get a decent fee for him because he's only 20, uh, I think, 3, 23. And, yeah, I mean, I think he could be a good 50 player. 50 million for... pounds, by the way. How many? 50 million pounds. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. In this economy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that just goes to show you what Prem money will do for you. But... Yeah, yeah. That's, uh... So, yeah, like I said, there's always some, you know, as the other song goes, there's always some sucker MC you know, Premier League club that will, uh, that will buy him. But yeah, I mean, I think Daniel could be a good player for just, I mean, I don't know, a different team, just with a different style, maybe with a more aggressive, higher pressing style. Because I think teams that like press very highly and very intensely, defenders like that are more suited to that because you have to like dive in immediately because you're playing a high line and you have to just like, you know, go all in or not, you know. But for a team that plays a lower block, I mean, you just... You just can't do that. Yeah, obviously we have to get a replacement for him, but yeah, I don't know. This economy, I don't know what we can get. So that does worry me a little bit, but I don't know. We'll see. Before we get to our next question, I'll go ahead and make the comparison since they were bought in the same transfer window a couple summers ago, and obviously they've been linked with one filling the other's shoes during this transfer window. And as I just looked up, they're all of about six weeks 
difference in age between the two of them. That's obviously Demerol and Christian Romero. And as we joke, it's unfortunate that we don't have a member of the Romero family here to praise their, <laughs> praise their cousin. But you look at what Atalanta did with, with Romero this past year, he played regularly and he took that next step, even though he's still relatively young at 23. You look at Demerol, he's gotten inconsistent playing time and he very much looks like a player who is still trying to figure out all of the skills that he he has. I mean, when he's the best is at least in my eyes, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the best he's looked is when he's gotten, say, three, four weeks consistent playing time. Not not when say he comes off the bench and he's asked to basically play hero in the Champions League game. Not that I'm still bitter about that. But between the two of them, Romero has taken the next step. Demerol hasn't. And so now it's kind of on Juventus to make the decision. Do you say sacrifice him to the capital gains gods, or do you still keep him to wait for that potential to be fulfilled? But at the same time, like we've alluded to, Demerol also wants playing time, which on a team with Chiellini, Benucci, Delict is going to be hard to come by. So it's all, it's all a mess. It seems like when it comes to who is essentially the number four center back on the depth chart right now. Also depends a lot on how much, how much confidence do you have in Dragosin and how he might develop? Yeah. Cause if, if Allegri rates him highly, then you're obviously a lot more willing to say, all right, Mary, we'll take the 35, 40 million we might get from Atalanta or, or Borussia Dortmund or whoever. And, uh, you know, say thanks. Thanks for the last couple of years, but, we need, we need the money. So on that note, another question here from our crew member at Caleb Turrentine. Who is your favorite athlete in the entire Olympics and why is it Lena Hurtig? <laughs> hardy, hardy, hard. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. I was just watching uh, triathlon just coming uh, just before I jumped on the podcast. So uh, I don't know. Those people are the true definition of Olympians because I don't know. That's yeah. That's next level cycling, swimming, or sorry, wait, it was swimming, cycling, running. Yeah, that's, those are true Olympians. So any triathlon, any, any triathlon member, um, those are the real, the true Olympians and the true MPPs. I think they're the true weirdos. Why the hell would you put your body willing through something <laughs> like that willingly? My God. Um, people. For the people. The same, for the people. <laughs> Thank the you, Dusty with, Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. so it's, the same, it's the same with marathoners. Whenever I hear people talking about wanting to run a marathon, I'm like, you, you know that the story is the guy runs from the battle to Athens, and then he says two words, and he drops dead. Like, that's, that's the story. But first off, shout out for our girl, Lena, because, you know, she's been really excellent for a Sweden team that, has, has kind of been the toast of the, the women's competition so far with, with that, that big and very unexpected expect unexpectedly big win against the U S she's played great. She's been one of the best players on the, on the Swedish team for sure. Along with, uh, with what her, her teammate, uh, Stina Blackstenius, which I think is just the most metal name in football. <laughs> Apart from Lena favorite athlete at the, at the games, is 100% Simone Biles because my God, the things that that woman does. 
like we're talking about a woman we're like we're talking about a woman who the international gymnastics federation artificially depresses her difficulty levels on her routines because they don't want other women trying them and breaking their necks like she just does that no one else can do and every time i watch her do something i'm like damn i am untalented <laughs> but you know this whole this whole thing with the olympics is it 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 made me feel really old because i was thinking to myself the last the last time there was a summer this is the first time since 2000 that there's been olympics without michael phelps that means that the last time michael phelps did not swim in the olympics was the 1996 olympics in atlanta when i was 6 and i don't like that <laughs> uh, with age comes wisdom <laughs> and apparently for you chuck's uh, i guess that's mus- a well, musical well, lyrics I, yeah, I guess we'll have to consider that the trade-off then. Uh- <laughs> All right, we we actually had a few questions directly for Sergio, but we'll save those for for next time. We appreciate you guys sending those in as well as the questions that we did get to. Very memor- Mary Demerol he- heavy this week, so say that three times fast. Appreciate them always when you guys send them in. So if you do want to send in Twitter questions, feel free to send them to at Juventus Nation on Twitter feel free to follow us on there as well as on Facebook at black and white and red all over. You can also follow us on your favorite podcasting platform by searching black and white and red all over, whether it's Apple podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or Google podcasts. We mentioned Lena Hertig and I was going to joke, but completely forgot that as you, the Juventus men grinded through a three, one win, the Juventus women with much more of their regular lineup. (laughs) Absolutely dominated their first friendly so the joe montemoro era is off to a much more high-flying start than the max allegri 2.0 but we'll see once max gets gets a few more players back i think we can judge judge things on a curve for the time being so with all that being said for sam for chucks and for the absent sergio this is danny saying thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week